this week on the Digital Dust Podcast. Okay, firstly, is the Green Knight, before I get this right, is the Green Knight the, the tree man? Or is the Green yes, Knight the maker? Yes, the, okay. green, the okay. green Knight is the tree man, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome back to the Digital Desk Podcast. I'm Liz. I'm Katie. And I, Dawson Bead, Patrick, the king of the land of my apartment and all that is in it. All 100 square feet. Is that a lot? No, 100 square feet is a lot. I'm trying to say my, my apartment's small. Know. It's actually not. It's, it's actually a pretty big size apartment. Now I'm just bragging about my apartment. This is the longest intro I've ever done in my whole huge. <laughs> the longest one I've done. Oh wow. Okay. Anyway. Well Wow. <laughs> Thanks for that. You're so welcome. Mm. <laughs> Although it is thematically relevant to what we're talking about today. It so. is. There you go. It is. And why is it thematically relevant? Well, today for our season finale. What? That's exciting. Firstly, just I feel that that's pretty great. That's pretty cool. Season finale for season three. We did a uh, uh, a group watch, and by group I mean we all watched it separately, and <laughs> some of us may not have finished it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we we watched a a history movie, and we're gonna talk about it with each other and, and see what we liked about it, see what we didn't like about it, our thoughts and and impressions about it. And the movie we watched was The Green Knight, and I feel like I shouldn't. I I, I should pass it over to Liz because Liz, you seem like you know a lot about, like like the lore behind the movie or the 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 inspiration for the movie, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to try and read through the whole story before this episode, and like I've had a lot of time because we've delayed this episode twice now. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Um, it's been a crazy time. Uh, so I wanted to read, this is, uh, so The Green Knight is a A24 film. If you are a bit of, like, a film buff, you probably know A24. It's a kind of more up-and-coming indie art house kind of, like, cinema production company. So The Lighthouse, Midsummer, Hereditary, um, a number of Timothy Chalamet things are all A24. Um, And The Green Knight is also A24. And it stars Dev Patel, who is, like, very handsome in this. Mm -hmm. So handsome. Incredible. Very good. Um, And, yeah, so The Green Knight is based off of the Arthurian tale or legend called um, Sir Gowan and the Green Knight. Some people say uh, Gawain. Some people say Gowan. I usually say Gowan. I was so, oh my God, I was so shook that whole, the first 30 minutes of the movie, I was like, why why are they calling him that? Why are they yeah. calling Gawain that? <laughs> was like, it no. was so confusing. <laughs> Not so over it. It's, wow. <laughs> this, so we chose this movie. Well, like, I feel like we put a bunch of ideas forward for movie night mm-hmm. and we let you guys choose between this one and The Crucible. I'm shocked that this one won over the Crucible, yeah. Um, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. But yeah, because it's an A24 film, because it was released this year, it's a lot more like new. It's a lot more indie. There's a lot more to unpack. It's both like weird, but not too weird. Because if you've watched other A24 films, like The Lighthouse, for example, which is based in 
1890s um, on a light in a lighthouse with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, and they talk with like weird pirate accents. That one's really weird. <laughs> weird. Um, that would have been a hilarious that history one. Great. It's also historic. It's cool. It's based off of Robert Eggers did it. He also did. Um, Oh my god! Oh, the witch, which was his first one, and then he recently did the Northman, which was the the Viking one, um, and the lighthouse is based off of old lightkeeper journals. So like they actually cool. talk in the time and everything. It's very cool, but like there's a lot of just like weird shit that happens in it. I literally mm. showed my parents this movie because I was like I thought they would like it, and they still this was like years ago, and they still will not let me pick movies for movie night. Oh my God. <laughs> that was the weird, worst great. thing we've ever seen oh no um, so here I am picking another weird movie I guess but no. <laughs> that's alright um, so it was yeah um, basically, it's good it's good I think it, it's a really cool adaptation of such an old tale uh, obviously Arthurian um, let me pull up my notes uh, I don't know if I did actually a ton of background research um into like the actual like okay here we go so i won't get okay i won't get into it too much because i want to talk to you guys about like what you thought first totally Um, totally but yeah so this is part of king art the whole king arthur cycle and kind of um mythos that we all know and love you know sword in the stone all the kind of thing um so we know about the round table we know about the other knights of the round table and sir gawain is actually one of those knights he is also king arthur's nephew which we'll get into as well um so this story the movie actually follows the story quite closely and yeah it's actually a really fitting one i'm happy we chose it as well because it's centered around christmas time so mm. I figured, like, it would, it's also it like is. a mild Oof. kind of Christmas movie, which is cool. There so. you go. Yeah. yeah. Decapitation. It's a great, great theme for Christmas. Decapitation is great. There's also a lot of pagan <laughs> imagery in it yeah. as well, which I'll get into, because you know I love my pagan stuff. Yeah, um, it's super neat. But yeah, what did you guys think? I, Katie, I know you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Katie. Katie, Katie what did you think? <laughs> What did you think of the movie, Katie? So, especially the last fifteen minutes. What did you think of oh, the last? Loved the last fifteen minutes, <laughs> gripping. So, if you listen to the Elvis episode, you will know I don't watch movies. I it, it's just not a thing I do. I watch movies in three categories. Let me just tell you the categories: bad rom coms, Marvel okay. movies, okay. movies I've already seen. That's so, that's what I watch. <laughs> Bad so that, <laughs> this this does not fall into any of those. No, 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 no. I don't think. But so. I loved Merlin. I was a big Merlin stand back in the day. Okay, Hell so yeah. I was like, Arthurian legends. Let's go. First <laughs> first twenty five minutes. I'm here. I'm watching. I'm paying close attention to what's happening. Okay. They're beginning to lose me a bit because I'm very confused and they're calling him by a name I don't understand. And I was just like, oh. But I'm still watching, okay? I'm still watching. Maybe I'm a little bit browsing my phone, but I'm trying not to be. I'm still watching, okay? (laughs) We get to the part where the man from Eternals is playing a scavenger. Uh, And he's... Yes. Oh, you didn't... I like how that's how you... My favorite character from Eternals. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what a a wild pull as for a Marvel movie. It's just... 
<laughs> Eternals. Okay. Okay. I loved Eternals. Anyway. So I see him and I was like, oh, okay. And then they're robbing him and I was like, I'm not sure. These are the vibes. And then, and then he was the skeleton in the forest. And for me, uh, that was the tipping point. I was like, right. I'm going to have to dust off my boots and I'm going to have to right. say no more. So I made it right. about an hour in. I do have some comments, but mainly I'm here to listen. Okay. All Sweet. Right. Not bad. That's pretty good. I watched the whole thing. So just going to one-up Katie on that. Thanks. But uh, <laughs> Already A+. Plus. Yeah, that's it. That's all you needed to do to participate in this episode. Anyway. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, no, okay. No. Uh, uh, so, what's, it's really funny, Katie, you talking about, like, trying to follow along and stuff. I totally get that. And often with these sorts of movies, I actually, I had, like, the Wikipedia article for the movie open oh. beside me on my laptop and i just sort of like read along the summary as we're going to be like okay that's who this person is and that's what's okay and like sort of like 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 double teaming uh, uh that's not the right phrase anyway you know what i'm trying to say <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. the point is the point is i thought it was a really interesting movie i thought there's some really cool visuals i was i was trying to figure out like the theme of the movie for a while like i was really like because the movie and much to its credit in a lot of ways it it doesn't like you know beat you over the head with what it's trying to talk about right it's very subtle and and nuanced in its approach to its message and stuff and so you know there's like this whole epilogue at the end i'm sorry katie you didn't get to it but there's this whole epilogue at the end i can't wait (laughs) you i think if, if you made it to the end you would have gotten to that that like you would love the end part or you might have just been like okay this is really weird yeah well because yeah so so i'm just gonna i I feel like spoiling the end right now i feel like like you can spoil it yeah that's the good vibe okay so stop here and watch the movie and then come back please exactly it's on on prime so watch there you go there you go so so you so you know like the premise of the movie is obviously he decapitates this guy and 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 because he chose that as his action to this like tree knight he now has to go and, and get his head chopped off the next year. And so, you know, he goes and he goes to do that and he eventually reaches the night and in like the climax, he's like, actually, actually, I don't want my head chopped off, please. No way. <laughs> okay. And so then, so then he like just, just runs away. Like he literally just like. <laughs> go off death. Like, like fully runs, yeah, runs, runs away from this. it all the way home. Yeah. And, and, and then it gets into this weird like epilogue where we sort of like see his life afterward, like back in the kingdom. And he like, I think he has a, a, a child with uh, uh, his like semi partner from the beginning of the movie. I, I'm trying to remember specifically, but that's part of it. I think he become does he become king? Does he, doesn't Arthur yeah, die or something? Arthur, like so Arthur dies and he hands him Esca- uh, Excalibur. The right. sword, and then he becomes king. Gowan becomes king. Because he is, I think, the most direct descendant of Arthur in, uh, maybe not, like, in the other legends, but in this one, because he's his nephew. So he becomes king. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Okay. So that all happens. And then, like, as it's going, like, it starts, you know those, like, movies or TV shows where it's it's a dream, and, like, things seem normal, and then suddenly, like, weird shit starts happening sort of off the corner uh, out of the corner of your eye even so for 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 the sake of katie here something like wandavision even like in the first couple episodes when she starts seeing weird shit happen in random moments right that's sort of a vibe thank like, you for that's the kind of thank right yeah, yeah 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 that's that's kind of what's going on here right and and 
essentially like his life just sort of breaks down and goes to shit like it's like like okay he survives and he lives but like and he he seems to get everything that he wants but at the end of the day it's all very hollow and he dies a very sad man and like or something like that he's he ends very sadly it's a very sad thing and then it like pops back it like literally like like almost like 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 you're supposed to i from what i understand i think it's supposed to be that like the epilogue seems like the actual ending until it ends and we we sort of zoom back to like him still where like in the general vicinity of where the the it's almost like a dream sequence tree man yeah okay. it's kind of like an, an yeah. extended vision of what he believes his future could be or just like a third person audience omnipotent narrator vibe of like this is what it would be if he did leave but he's actually still here and essentially he decides right. to instead of running away he decides to go and face the night and and essentially pay for for the action that he did at the beginning of the movie and that you don't see his head get chopped off, so you don't actually know if it happens or not. But yeah, all of it's cool because the, all the Green Knight says is now off with your head, and then pff, done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and okay. and so all of that to say, so so like with the the context of the end of the movie, I think what was really neat about the themes that like I was still like trying to figure out until the very end, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Is 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 how like the movie, at least to me, seems to be about essentially like hubris and and desire and the superficialness of that and how like sort of sacrifice and sort of being genuine and 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 truthful and all that sort of stuff is far more important at the end of the day even if you even if you die for it and like the idea that like he didn't have like okay this is the one like this is a semi-question and a semi like assessment of the movie that i have but like from what I understand, is it is it that like the 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 is okay? Firstly, is the Green Knight before I get the story? Is the Green Knight the the Tree Man, or is the Green yes. Knight the maker? Yes, the okay. Green the okay. Green Knight is the Tree Man. Yes. Okay. <laughs> what a wild thing to say. Anyways, so so the Tree Knight, Tree Knight, Jesus Christ. So the Green Knight. <laughs> The Green Knight uh, says, like, you know, you do something to me and, and you have to come to where I, I am a year from now and I'll do the same to you. Like, is the idea that, like, he could have just, like, flicked him and, like, that would have been it? Yeah. And then, like, See, is it, like uh, they lost me in that first. I was like, why are, you, why are you decapitating him? You could do whatever you wanted. So, okay. So, you know? so if, if this is true, then I, what I believe, at least what, what, what it seems to me that the sort of message and theme of this, this story is is that this guy wanted to look like the biggest badass ever. He wanted to like like impress the whole round table and his and his uncle. And so he's like, I'm going to take this huge sword. I'm going to chop the guys. Like I'm going to do the most dramatic thing I can to show how amazing I am and to how how I can sort of like protect my people. Mm. And 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 that overtook him in the moment uh, without realizing the sort of like consequence of that action. And and that's what mm. sort of the, like dovetails the rest of the movie. Yeah, and I think too it's it's an interesting commentary on the Arthurian legends and kind of that whole like culture um, because he's quite a cowardly knight, um, yeah. Gowan. Like I think in that moment when he decides to chop the knight's head off without really thinking, I think yeah he's trying to like I'm gonna be great and I I my my uncle is King Frickin' Arthur like I have to be <laughs> yeah. great a great knight and um, so he does it as like this big. Haha, <laughs> I'm victorious. And then the rest of his journey is very interesting because he constantly just like stumbles. Like when he gets uh, he gets tricked into the forest and like gets all of his stuff stolen. Like yeah. all like it's funny because it starts off with like this is gonna be this great Arthurian tale of conquest and victory. And then like all the way through, it's just like, you know, he's always stumbling. 
he's event you know then he's like totally cowardly right down to the last second where he's like actually like don't cut my head off and like runs away um so i think it's like a really refreshing take on a lot of the arthurian legends it's not like lancelot or one of those you know totally and i think and to that point i i I have been doing a bit of reading on it so i don't want to make it seem like these are all my opinions here but (laughs) based on based on the wikipedia page (laughs) this a credible source Oh, incredibly so. No, but uh, w- one thing that I think is really neat about the movie is that obviously it really focuses on the Green Knight not as like an antagonist necessarily, but actually as just sort of like what what is in that way. And obvi- there's obviously huge like Judeo Christian, well Christian particularly conquest like colonialism whiteness just sort of privilege and 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 believing that you're the best and that you you can do whatever the hell you want versus sort of paganism and nature and and the uh sort of pre-colonial world right that like like arthurian legend at least in this case at least in the context of this movie is it's 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 just so clearly it's just so clearly like 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 uh uh urbanized like material culture and society versus nature like that's that's the the main conflict of the movie right this is literally a knight that's a tree right it's a it's a it's a tree knight (laughs) and and so what's neat is that like it the the point of the movie isn't that this like arthurian guy is gonna kick the shit out of this tree and we're gonna watch him like triumph at the end it's that like he tests nature and nature fucks him up at the end of the day and that like it's like a, a sort of a cautionary tale in that way of of you like be wary of the values and ideology and perspective of like whiteness and colonialism and all that sort of stuff as seen through this Arthurian legend and that sort of thing. That's my take. But I think that's kind of, that's it's neat. It's different. Yeah. Hot take. I have a question. Katie, do you have a question? Okay. Always. Um, was it ever <laughs> explained whether or not his mother sent the night because i was very lost you know she oh, was like doing yeah she did the ritual thingy i think it is based well, yeah, on the I wikipedia summary i think so <laughs> and in the actual legend so um in the actual legend gowan is the son of king arthur's sister morgos who is known to be a witch and um king lot of orkney so king lot died um like yeah while he was young but um so yeah there's quite a lot of like witch references so i don't know there's also the fox which is um which is later on in the movie he ends up being followed by a fox throughout and the fox ends up and talking to him before he faces the green knight and i wasn't sure if the fox was the mother as well or someone else i looked it up and the fox often um means cleverness independence playfulness mischievousness beauty protection and good luck so kind of like that mother vibe um but yeah so i don't know if if she did call the green man or or what i I think she did Uh, uh, according to the wikipedia page it says that (laughs) that she summoned the green knight person and the green knight person good god patrick words are not with me today I swear to God. Anyway, uh, but no, it, it yeah, it seems like it seems like she did so. Especially, apparently, what was linked to the Wikipedia page was a Vanity Fair interview on YouTube with the director who breaks down the introductory scene of the movie. So, oh, uh, cool. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that okay, happened. Okay. That which which is kind of neat. I don't know yeah. what that means necessarily, but that's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
There you go. Okay, cool. So I wanted to dive into some history and break some stuff down because Patrick, you had some great points that I want to touch on for sure yeah, and like explore please. a little bit more. So King Arthur, first of all, just to like understand the period of history that we're in. Um, we don't know if he was a real person or not. He's kind of like Jesus that way. We're like, mm, maybe there's some cool stories about him, but we don't know. Uh, so he was a Celtic Brit- Britain leader who fought the Saxon invaders of Britain uh, in the late 5th and early 6th centuries. Um, there's a p- about 300 legends about him and the Knights of the Round Table and kind of his rule. Um, no one, again, no one knows if he was a real person or if he's a character or almost like a caricature of a person based off someone else. Um, they, what else? The Arthurian literary cycle is best known, uh, part of the, is the best known part of the matter of Britain, which is like an early history of Britain. Uh, and it also succeeded largely because of its two interlocking stories about Camelot, which is usually like this kind of doomed utopic um, town or, or like society where chivalry is the ultimate virtue and it becomes kind of undone by fatal flaws of the heroes like Arthur, Gawain, and Lancelot. So we see this kind of like undoing of Arthurian virtue in throughout the movie as he starts from like this like, whoa, I chopped this guy's head off to like, you know, being a total coward by the end of the movie. Um, and other, throughout time, other characters and backstories and things have also been added to Arthurian legends and the whole tale of the round table. Um, and a lot of these medieval legends, of course, because of the time are tied into a lot of Christian themes, uh, that involve kind of like the destruction of human plans for virtue by the moral failures of their characters and the quest for an important Christian relic as well. So obviously... The um, Holy Grail is a huge one of that. So Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like I said before, Sir Gowan is uh, the nephew of King Arthur. And we see King Arthur and Gwendolyn at the beginning of the movie. And they're both, like, pretty old uh, and, like, very just kind of, like, chill. Um, what was I going to start with? I wanted to, okay, I wanted to talk about, so there's quite a lot of symbolism and you keep saying tree man, Patrick. And I was like, yeah, Uh-oh. you're onto something. Tree man. No, it's good. Groot. It's really good. So- for Katie's <laughs> context. Honestly, con- con- context for Katie. This is, he's, he's like Groot. Thank you. Groot. <laughs> Groot. Um, yes, he's basically Groot. So what was cool for me when I watched this the first time is I thought, oh my God, this is the green man. Um, and the green man for pagans in particular, I'll just show you a quick picture um, that I have in my notes. So the green man is a very, very important uh, figure in pagan mythology. So I don't know if you can see. Oh, that's oh, yeah. cool. So yeah, so wow. you see this, um, what they're looking at is like a stone carving of a fi- like a face with eyes like all human features but like covered in leaves and so you'll see this a lot throughout like all sorts of different early medieval architecture um and that cool. is considered to be the green man so the green man so of course i see i see this knight come in he looks a lot like these kind of um carvings uh i'm immediately like oh this is really cool this is a huge pagan symbol 
So for me, uh, I've always been taught the green man represents the cycles of life, death, and rebirth. He also kind of represents like the divine masculine, if that makes sense. Just like, you know, like Jesus and Joseph, you have her, or not, oh my God, Jesus and Mary, that kind of thing, masculine, feminine. Um, so he is both kind of in this story, like a monster or an antagonist, but also a mentor to Sir Gawain. Uh, and what's cool is I see this as they're really bridging uh, pre-Christian Saxon beliefs into kind of the new emerging Christian beliefs, because that's where we are in this period of time of like, we're, we're Christian, but there's a lot of mythology and like Saxon beliefs also still kind of existing. And you see that with his mom with like a lot of the like, basically witchcraft, what she's doing um, as well. Um, so she kind of also navigates the line between like the Christian and the pagan that's kind of throughout the film. Uh, and a big thing that really signifies them like, this is the green man for sure is when he comes in. So the first like scene where we see the green man or the green knight, he comes in on this big horse. He's like this big guy and he has this branch. He has this giant branch of holly and he holds mm -hmm. it up like almost like a lance and then he drops it on the ground in front of the round table uh and the holly i'm like oh that's super cool too so around yuletide um there are two we call them um we always call him the holly king so around yuletide there's like the holly king and the sun king the holly king is the king of winter essentially so from the summer solstice onwards as the days get shorter and the nights get colder um, the Holly King kind of reigns. So he's a king of winter. He's all about darkness uh, and also like rest, like good things too. And on Yule, the winter solstice, the darkest night of the year, uh, the Holly King is slain and the Sun King is reborn. And Ooh. the Sun King is the king of the summer. And what happened, so what's really interesting about this is one of my favorite things is like how Christians just like stole pagan ideology and just like, <laughs> or like beliefs and just like reinvented it. Mm. What happened was about the, the birth of the sun at Yuletide became the birth of the, from S-U-N to S-O-N, son oh, Jesus wow. Christ. Nice. And then of course, yeah, so that's why. I mean, nice. um, <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, 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 right. But like yeah. that's literally they were just like, mm, totally. kind of, it's the same thing, but just with a human instead. So yeah. with this whole dropping of the holly branch, it also kind of signifies that same like, like death to the winter, holly king, and like very like pagan. We're in this pagan world right now. Which yeah, is really yeah. Cool. Like a transition and period between exactly. Dates. Yeah, that's and neat. it's even kind of hammered in too with um, I forget her name. So he, Katie, because you didn't see this part. He ends up going to this castle and he's kind of like, ooh, I don't know what's going on. But there's these two, three people, actually. Mm. Um, there's a, they're like the lord of the castle. And he's like very like mm -hmm. jolly and welcoming. And he like just loves to go hunting. And he's like, I killed a boar for you to take back with you when you go home. <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay. thanks. And then his wife, who is the same, also played by Alicia Vikander, who plays his love interest in the beginning of the movie, oh. also played by her. And she kind of has an infatuation with him. And in one scene, she has this really awesome, like, soliloquy about the color green, about how mm -hmm. green, we always try to scrub it away from the floors and the walls and that we see it as kind of dirty, but no matter what 
green will always and uh, talking about red i think today we're like red is the right all the men are like red is the good color and she was like after after the end of it all like green always overtakes everything it always you know when we're long gone the moss will seep in and the grass and things will overgrow which is really cool so again you have that kind of like pagan um kind of again like echoing back to nature like what patrick was talking about which i thought was cool that is very cool, cool. yeah yeah wow like it's almost like the, the green knight is like a like a force of nature as opposed to like a, a villain or a, or a person or like a being with like personal thoughts and stuff it's just sort of like in yeah as, what essence the essence of nature sort of like shaped into a being that's pretty cool exactly yeah which is really neat and so there's lots of like symbols throughout that also kind of hint to like the pagan stuff as well Mm. Um, there's a lot of like wheels. So for example, when like they do the little puppet show, uh, telling the whole story again of like how, um, Gowan. So essentially the green knight comes in. I feel like we haven't totally broken this down yet. Fair enough. The green knight comes in, <laughs> <laughs> into the, into the hall in front of the knights of the round table. And he says, I have a Christmas game for you. Um, uh, I will stand here. You choose your strongest, bravest knight and he may do one blow with my axe against me. The only catch is in one year from now, he should fi- he can find me and I will return the blow that he did to me. So basically like, whatever you do to me, I'm going to do to you. Yeah. So like what Katie said, like you could just like give him a little like punch, you know, and then a year from later you get a little punch and you're like, oh, that was fun. All right, there you go. Uh, what a yeah, game. game. This is such a fun yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> It's a game, right? But Gowan, he's so eager to please his uncle and to, like, make something of himself. And, like, he clearly is, like, there's this, like, this mythical being who's just, like, challenging me. Of course, if I just chop his head off and kill him, he yeah. won't be, you know, he can't yeah. blow, blow back yeah. at me. Yeah, so no way for him to hurt me if he's dead. Kills him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And sure yeah. enough, he, you know, the Green Knight falls down and then was able to get up and pick his head back he up laughs, kind of like headless right? horseman style he yeah. laughs while he's holding his head and gets back <laughs> like, on his horse eh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like oh shit you're um, from now i'm gonna so now kill you town yeah. yeah yeah and so he and like obviously like gowan's like oh shit like i was not expecting that um <laughs> Oh, oh. You know, my plan didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, can I do that? And so Am I? I don't next... know. <laughs> can I take that? Can I also pick my head up? And... Yeah. Oh, my, my real so for the next here. year, everyone's telling the story about how brave Sir Gowan is and how he's gonna he's gonna have to go to the Green Chapel and see the Green Knight and get that blow right back at him. So you see, like, this puppet show, and you see the wheel of the year turning. And that's, again, another, like, big pagan thing is, right? Like, we follow the wheel of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pentacle also shows up a lot. Um, there's also the blindfolded women, which he also encounters in the castle with the lord and the and the lady who was talking about the green. And she's just, like, this woman in all white, and she's blindfolded. And I think some people think that this is, like, also a stand-in for his mom, who's, like, kind of, like, channeling through this woman. But right. it also really relates to... Uh, I could have... Um, did I write it down? Uh, two... I think it's the Two of Swords. It's a tarot card. Ooh. I'm like... Ooh. I was like, wait, that's that exact... Yeah, here it is. It's that exact one. 
I'll share my screen again. It's like I could have just pulled it out of my tarot cards, but so the oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's literally the go. exact same. She's it's a lady wearing all white, white blindfold, and she's yeah. got two swords, and that means indecision. That card. <laughs> well, I, I mean, interesting. there you go, right? Mm, yeah, right. And it's almost like the two swords as well towards the ending. Like there's two things that happen right. where either he runs away. And right. becomes king and all that stuff. But the other sword is that he gets his head chopped off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially mm, if those are yeah. two just, like, alternate realities or, like, like alternate, like, based on whatever decision he chooses, but that it's really undecided at the end. Dang. Exactly. And this, it's kind of cool. Like, this movie's the, clever. The ending is interesting because, like, it's very clever. And the ending is interesting because it doesn't, again, you don't definitively get that. Oh, he did get his head chopped off. Yeah. Because, like, right. the whole time, the, the Green Knight's very aloof. He's very almost very like funny. It's, it's almost like, right? It's almost like a thing where maybe he's just gonna like tap his little his neck and be like, ah, just kidding. You learned your lesson. Go on. Yeah, you don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say the like the lesson, like the no matter what, this story is an allegory for sure. And to me, it see it it shows him. I like the dream sequence that we see. I think I think it's a dream sequence. It's like his future again if he if you know he goes doesn't go through with it and comes back brave but it's all kind of a lie because the assumption is that he killed the green knight again and like got away and he lives this life of brightness but it's so unfulfilling and just sad and he's just like a shallow person it's so mm. and so like i think that's like the like it doesn't matter greatness again it's like that that camelot that fall from virtue uh, is going to ultimately undo you which mm -hmm. is kind of cool. And I also think it's a dream sequence because, and that was actually the one thing that bothered me in the movie, is the costumes. The costumes throughout the movie are beautiful, pretty accurate, like maybe a little like stylized. But once you get to that dream sequence, it looks like everyone is in like Star Wars. <laughs> like, you know, like the right. like weird, like very like ceremonial Star yes. Wars outfits. Yes. And the hair is really weird. And yeah. I was like, what? Like, I love the costumes, but this is just weird. Yeah, so and then I'm like, wait, I think it's because it's a dream sequence. Okay, this is cool. There you go. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my cool. hmm. that's my that's my belief of like what the ending's about. But I, I like feel that. like you could take it any different way. Yeah, no, that's really neat. Yeah, and I, I, just going back to what you're saying about the the Green Knight being so like like funny kind of like or, or just sort of um, aloof, nonchalant. I mean, like, I wonder if that's also just sort of in reference to, like, order and chaos and how, like, I don't know the term I would I would use to describe Camelot. Like, because it's not, like, really Western society yet, but, like, that sort of vibe, like, like the sort of, like, like early, early Christian, European sort of orderly nature of, of how they exist and, like, how order is just a really big value. And you can just tell it, like, even just within Camelot itself, that just that order is is really important to these people and structure and roles and and making sure everyone fits wherever they need to in the hierarchy and that sort of thing whereas nature is very chaotic and very very uh random and without those sorts of without those sorts of rules and often order is applied to like stoicism and seriousness and chaos is applied to comedy because to be comedic is to be absurd and to be absurd means to not be order uh, or, or rather not follow order and that sort of thing so i think that's also kind of neat that like like 
I, I interpreted his laughter and his his joke at the end of the movie and sort of his, his sort of like smirky smile at the end as well, that sort of thing, to just, just be sort of elements of, of a more chaotic trickery-based... I'm like, we'll do whatever. Like, let's just, like, this is a game, right? Like, we're just hanging out. This is fun. Yeah. He Which is I think very, is neat. like, trickster kind of yeah. character. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Okay, I mentioned this when we were talking about setting up when to record, but I, I really, I would love to follow up just about, because they're in it just for one second. Oh, and the I, giant people? There's, there, there are, <laughs> there are giants, like, just like full on, these are giants. Like, this, these are like, giants. these are like D&D giants that are just walking around. It's a, it's a fucking cool, like, okay, like, I, it's I, really cool. Like, like, like Katie, for reference, like he like walks to the top of a hill and like, there's just fog all around him. It's a very foggy atmosphere. And he just sort of like peers through the fog, and as the fog starts to part, he starts to see like a head, and then like a bot, and Ooh, like, like and then it's massive, and it's yeah. literally like just like like okay. sort of torso up. Like I don't I don't remember entirely okay, if you, you see really the whole see bodies or anything like that, but like no. so like which which really like emphasizes how massive they are that he only sees like cresting over the hill, just their like torso and above as they like walk like right by him, and and it's it's a really cool image, it's really beautiful. But yeah, they're they're naked. One of them is like breastfeeding. I think there's, there's yeah. Like uh, one of them has a baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I looked it up. I look what I looked up what they are. Do so there's it, a yes, lot please. of Welsh imagery and like mythology in this, cool. which I didn't know, which is kind of cool. That is cool. So these oh, are, haunting. yeah, they are called the cowrie, the giants of giants or cowrie, uh, and Welsh it's C E W R I. Um, I think they look a lot different. Like, I think their interpretation in the movie of them was pretty different. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they're like, um, they're similar to like, you know, the Scots have like the fae, the fairies, that kind of thing. They're just like a mythological yeah. being that kind of lives on a different realm. Um, and I think that's what those are because there's also the, um, it's actually on the title card. It's the, an encounter with St. Winifred. Uh, St. Winifred is also a Welsh saint. So right. there's definitely like some, okay. I don't know if we're like supposed to be in Wales or something, but there's a lot of like Welsh stuff going on. Yeah, cool. yeah I think I'm just shooting in the dark here. I'm pretty sure the idea was that Camelot was in Wales and that it is like Welsh mythology based. Okay, cool. I think so. Neat. Okay. There you go. Welsh so people don't come for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> that's really cool though. That's, that's really, that's really neat. And, and. Yeah, it was it was nice. It was it was kind of fun to see the the sort of mythological side of it because as you're talking about with King Arthur being as much a literary figure as he is like a real historical figure or anything like that. Obviously all his stories are like just ripe for amazing high fantasy adventures and there's magic and swordplay and all that good stuff. And it is uh, so it was, it was cool to to in a movie that focused on Arthurian legend to see some mythology in it. That was really neat. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they did a good job of it, too, like, not making yeah. it too fantasy Yeah, like, yeah, he didn't, felt, like, talk to leprechauns real. who helped him, like, find yeah. his way to the place or whatever. Yeah. That's very Irish. Funny. Yeah, you're right. No. He, oh. <laughs> really? Are you sure that leprechauns are Irish? <laughs> I plead the fifth. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Irish people don't come for her. <laughs> 
Oh my god. But yeah, no, I agree that it was just it was the right and, and and they didn't even like speak to him. They were just sort of like in the background. It just sort of like referenced how this is part of part of the world, which was really cool. I thought that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Just looking at my other I have like a bunch of random notes as well. Mhm. Uh, I what? actually did take notes. I won't lie, Ooh, folks. Oh, there's notes. six notes. Oh, oh man. They're, they're unhinged. <laughs> What's going on? Who is this person? <laughs> no. Uh, half of them have question marks. Oh, good. Okay, cool. The only note of note there you go. is horse armor. I just wrote horse armor. Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was it. I was like, ooh, horse armor. That's fun. It was like, oh, look. I was recently in a museum that had horse armor, and I was like, that's so cool. Horse armor is so cool. Anyway, yeah, I did take notes, but they were useless. Liz's are definitely better than mine. I have some useless ones, too. That's great. <laughs> I didn't I'll take any notes. i my useless ones. Yes, please do. Uh, uh, the first one is music, eerie, and then Ooh. I added DSE Ray. <laughs> Uh, so yes. DSE Ray, if you're familiar with music and themes and Latin, um, it's a specific, it comes from Gregorian chant, DSE Ray, DSE La, and it's like the doom chords, basically, Ooh. or like the doom sequence. So if you, uh, you will hear DSE Ray, like in any, like, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, like anything that's like that evil sound, you will hear DSE Ray throughout. And so you get that with this as well, which is like obviously, you know, cool, um, which is really neat. I had this. This one's fun out of context, especially because Katie won't get it. The green belt stays on during sex. Ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get it he, he ends up when he's when he's in the castle and there's like the guys the boar hunter's wife who's like really into him yeah like she ends up going like waking him up in the morning and like trying to like get it on and uh she like tugs at the she gives him or she gives him the belt because his belt the green belt broke and she fixes it and gives it to him and then like she ends up like giving him some hand. This is a PG hand. podcast. Yeah. Hand, he, a special kind of hug that you do with your hand. Wow. Uh, but it's funny because he like refuses to like, she like kind of grabs at the belt and she, and he's like, and then like throughout his entire, like the dream sequence, throughout the entire dream sequence, he never takes the belt off. And like, it's kind oh. of like a thing where like, it's the only thing protecting him from the green knight coming after him. Right. Um, right. Which is just funny. So anyway, I just thought it was funny because there's yeah. one scene where like the, the the, the result that comes from the hand hug ends up. Oh my on god! The belt. <laughs> and you're just kind of like, oh. Oh god, that's so graphic. Yeah, and then he okay, just like gets up and runs away, and you're like, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's that. Um, and then I also wrote, which is interesting, I wrote two more things uh, about the dream sequence. One of them I said, both scenarios, the Green Knight wins. Um, in that the first scenario where, like, he ends up leaving and becomes, like, the king and everything, like, he trades love for power, and he never really, like, loves again, it looks like, in his life. And ultimately, because at the end of the dream sequence, 
his country kind of seems to get plunged further and further into war until people are banging on his door trying to break it down trying to get in and like overthrow him and so i'm like are they going to chop his head off at that moment Mm. is it just a delayed head chopping rather than like escaping um and then of course in the other one like he also just gets his head cut off but i also said off with your head figuratively (laughs) that's what i wrote maybe this whole dream sequence and this whole thing is more about like being off your rocker and being crazy as opposed to or like off with your head as in like i'm gonna kind of rewrite your rewrite your whole worldview Mm -hmm. as opposed to actually chop your head off but right those are all my notes so yeah 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 wow Yeah. yeah incredible uh if you were to rate the movie on a five star scale what would you give it out of five? Oh, that it depends on uh, the specificity of the rating. I think. I. You mean can you do half stars? No, I think I think what I mean is that like, as as a movie in terms of how good like the themes were and how like well everything was written together and the visuals and like it's a phenomenal movie. Five out of five, hundred percent. Um. Is it is it is it an easy watch? No, at least for me. <laughs> like I think that's like like it just it depends on what mood I'm in. You know what I mean? Like it's it's such a brilliant movie in terms of its composition as a movie, um, and it's it's as as we've been talking about all the themes and everything like that. But in terms of just like a Friday night, I'm gonna pop this in when my friends are over and we're gonna have a good time. It's it's a little, it's a little. It's not even just that like it's heavy or sad or it just it's it's just it's really experimental and and artistic which is wonderful but you just have to be in a particular mind space to to uh, vibe with that sort of thing I guess in a lot of ways so that's that's that I'd say five stars overall but I'd say in 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 certain contexts I could see it having like a lower like a three or a two and a half or something like that and but but like I don't know between four and five for me personally I thought it was really good. Yeah, I feel like, I actually think the movie got, like, when it first came out, it wasn't getting as good reviews, and, like, I went and saw it, and I was like, this is awesome, I don't know why anyone, like, wouldn't review this very highly, so I would also say, like, five, like, probably close to, like, five out of five stars, but again, yeah, it's definitely more, like, an intellectual movie, but if you love, like, medieval, if you love, like, Arthurian legends, if you just want to look at a really hot Dev Patel for a long time... (laughs) If you like Welsh mythology, like, and if you're like me and you kind of like weird movies, like if you've seen Hereditary or Midsummer or something, mm-hmm. you would love this, like mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely like in terms of like Christmas movies or whatever, it's not like you're gonna put on Elf with Will Ferrell and you're not gonna yeah. get the same effect. Yeah. But no, yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely in terms of like how they did it and even just like the color grading, like it looks beautiful. The colors are so rich and the music's really cool. And yeah, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I guess I, I, I like this movie a lot more than I like thought I liked it. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, just I, like, yeah, this movie's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, what Liz, Liz, what you're getting is really, really important to think about as well is that like, obviously this movie seems to take the mythology far more seriously than other medieval or Arthurian movies do. Like so, for example, th- you know, throughout our our conversation, I've been bringing up themes of colonialism and whiteness and that sort of thing, which are themes that that I, like this is this is like like historians who who explain this sort of thing that it's hard to apply modern ideas of whiteness and colonialism and that sort of thing to like 
such an ancient time because they, those concepts didn't exist in their minds in the same way. They didn't they didn't have whiteness as an idea until the creation of of chattel slavery across the Atlantic Ocean, that sort of thing. And so, when I apply those those ideas and and, and themes as we've been talking about this, it, it it the important context that I do want to bring up is that like medieval history and by extension especially by extension because it's it's in pop culture movies and literature and stuff about medieval whatever are informed by things like whiteness and colonialism because they are written and created in a time that has whiteness and colonialism so even though those topics didn't exist back during arthurian times the people who write about arthurian times in the 1900s and the in the 2000s and and so on those people definitely are influenced by those themes and that sort of thing. So what I mean by that is that often medieval movies have a very sort of like conquest oriented violence is really fun and awesome. And we're going to have a, a, a wild time being men. And it's like, like, like a lot of stuff that if you unpack it after a while is like, it's fun popcorn shit. Like it's, it's a good time to just like watch and hang out and, and enjoy a really fun movie. But often those sorts of medieval movies can have those sort of those sort of bends to them and those sort of influences and that sort of thing. And I think the Green Knight doesn't. And and that's what's really neat is that like it it focuses on the mythology as the mythology is, as less informed by sort of modern concepts of of conquest and and other themes as well. And and so that makes it really good and really interesting, but inherently makes it less action packed, violent, less fast paced, less quick and and witty and that sort of thing it's 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 sort of slow like it's only two hours but like it, it is like this one guy going on a journey for a little while he meets some people they bring him to a forest they steal his stuff he lays their tied up he turns into a skeleton all the normal things and and the movie just sort of things that happen but the movie sort of continues that way you know like it's it there there are no huge epic battles there there's no like okay we have to like the green knight's gonna come and assault camelot we gotta like arm ourselves and the whole like all like every citizen has to put on their their gear and and fight all these like tree people or whatever it's like it's it nothing like that happens (laughs) that'd be great too though like (laughs) that sounds super fun but like that is inherently more influenced and informed by these these semi-problematic themes that, that i've been talking about a little bit so yeah, so I think just to sort of help expand on what Liz was saying, I think it's such a good movie, but I think one of the reasons why it feels more intellectual and why it feels a little more, like, slow-paced or, or methodical or you kind of have to, like, super pay attention and that sort of thing is because it doesn't it doesn't rely on those sorts of things, that it really tries to focus on the mythology itself. So with that in mind, yeah, it's a really great movie. There you go. Katie, cool. what did you think of the movie? Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't actually I don't participate in rating movies. Um uh as previously mentioned I don't watch movies. So there you Whoops. Go. Just watch Arthur Christmas for like the 8th oh, time. Oh, it's that's my favorite uh, that Christmas my movie. Afternoon. <laughs> my Such my a good Christmas favorite movie. Christmas movie, Arthur Christmas, the best. The best. Anyway. I also like really really unpopular take here is I adore the Polar Express. That is Oh, I love that one. One is my absolute one of my absolute favorite Tom Christmas Hanks. movies of all time. It is unstoppably amazing. It's so good and everyone hates it and I don't know why. It's so good. 
It's about to be like Tom Hanks singing about hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Couldn't go wrong. Uh, I will say the animation is a bit unnerving. The like, but it's so good. It's the, I, but it's still good. And it's I mean, good. the animation of the train and the animation of like the environment and the mountains and 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 the North Pole, like gorgeous visuals in those ways. And it's also like the, one of the things I love about the movie is just how eerie it is and how like purposely eerie it is. Like one of the reasons why people don't like it as much is because Christmas movies are meant to be heartwarming and really nice and, 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 and cozy and stuff. And I would argue this movie is super heartwarming and cozy in those sorts of ways, but it definitely has a creepy vibe. Like there's, there's, there's just like little it's like moments. like we're abducting a bunch weird... of children in the middle of the you night know, you know, and there's... shipping them to this strange man. Yeah, yeah there's, there's the, the ghost who lives on top of the train there's the dolls that like that he manipulates and they come to life for a second like when you get when they get to the north pole and they're like like everyone is gathering in the square to meet santa claus on christmas eve but they're like back where the presents are and like no one's there and so like there are like like echoes and shit and you're like it's like they're at the north pole but like no one's around and it's like a little creepy and it's it's just i don't know there's something about that that's really neat and different and i love it and it's a great movie and, it, and my favorite composer composes the music. So there you go. Who did the music? Alan Silvestri. John... Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, Alan like, John Williams. No. No. <laughs> Alan Silvestri is responsible for Forrest Gump, Back to the Future, Ooh. the Avengers movies, Captain America, the first Avenger, some others I can't quite remember right now. But yeah, no, some really, really wonderful scores. He's a great, great composer. Yeah. Anyway. Sweet. <laughs> what you didn't expect from this episode was a review of the Polar Express. Yes. But you got that's, it. That's free. You got that for free. There you guys. go. That's it. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, all 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 Welsh and Irish people can come at me for liking the Polar Express. I don't mind. It's fine. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> Thank you for listening to season three. I hope you enjoyed. T- DM us any in in Christ, DM us any opinions about the Green Knight or the Polar Express. We will respond <laughs> yes. in kind. And any future movie night recommendations. Absolutely. Exactly. Keep an eye out on the social medias in terms of like what season four, when season four, blah, 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 because we Who's do not have that four? planned yet. You know us. Who season four? <laughs> but we'll be in the new year for sure. Oh, yes, yeah. Definitely in the new year. 100%. <laughs> 2023 here we come babies that's insane that doesn't sound like a real year at all i know i know but yes dm us um keep in touch and other than that happy holidays be safe happy holidays there you go enjoy your days watch the polar express watch the polar (laughs) express watch arthur christmas maybe watch the green knight if you like a little bit of you know something something alty alt indie vibes yeah other than that, I would like to go to sleep. So I am going to sign off on this podcast. Thank you for listening to season three. Shoot us a DM. Like, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. That's YouTube. Comment. Nope. <laughs> rate and review the podcast. And that is the end. Goodbye. See you on the flippity flop. Woo! Flippity flop. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was a very chaotic one, but I, I kind of love it.
Digital Dust is recorded on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabek, Haudenosaunee, Lenapawak, and Attawandaran peoples, on lands connected with the London Township and Somber Treaties of 1796 and the Dish with One Spoon Covenant Wampum. This land continues to be home to First Nations peoples, Métis people, and Inuit people, whom we recognize as the contemporary stewards of the land and waters we are on today. Digital Dust is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Edwards, Katie Gaskin, Patrick Kingen, and Robin Marshall. Sound design by Elizabeth Edwards. Audio transcription by Katie Gaskin. Our theme music is by Mattias Miller.